If you had to describe Jesus with one word, what would it be? Would it be loving, since we see that everything Jesus did was always done with a a heart of love towards his heavenly Father and done with a heart of love towards others? Would you describe Jesus with a word like kind, caring, or compassionate? Because we see time and time again throughout his ministry how he was always willing to help out the poor, the sick, and the distressed of the world. Or would you describe Jesus with a word like shepherd, king, or lord? All of which are titles which accurately describe who Jesus was. He was a shepherd in that he tended the flock of God. He was a king whose kingdom was not of this world, and he was Lord, governing all things below here on earth and governing all of the things above in heaven. When you think of Jesus, what word comes to mind? I'm sure that all of the words just described are some that we think of whenever we think about Jesus. After all, all of these words do a great job at describing who Jesus was. But what about words like harsh, stern, and divisive? While we don't usually associate words like this with Jesus, in our verses for today, this is what we see. We see our Savior speaking a harsh message to the crowd before him so that they would know what the purpose of his mission was. And while we're used to Jesus speaking about the purpose of his mission with words like peace, love, and forgiveness, in our verses for today, he describes it in a very different way. He tells the crowd before him, I came to throw fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already ignited. But I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it is finished. And it almost sounds like the complete opposite of how Jesus had described the purpose of his mission in other sections of Scripture. And while it may not sound like it, here Jesus is talking about his work of going to the cross. This is the baptism that Jesus said that he has to undergo. And throughout his ministry, we see how determined Jesus was in striving to carry out this work. He knew that on the cross, he would face the fire of hell as punishment for the sins of the world. Jesus knew that he would undergo severe torment and suffering. And the result of this work would bring peace, forgiveness, and life. But if this is the result that Jesus' work would bring, then why in our verses for today does Jesus describe it as fire coming onto the earth? Well, it's because in our verses for today, Jesus isn't focusing on the result that his work would bring to those who believe in him through faith. In our verses for today, Jesus is focusing on the result that his work would bring into a sinful world. And the result that his work would bring is division and opposition. As Jesus journeyed to the cross, this division and opposition was all too clear. The Pharisees and the Sadducees continued to work against and plot against Christ. Jesus faced opposition in his own hometown and in various places that he went. 
Yes, Jesus was going to bring peace to sinners and winning them forgiveness. But this didn't mean that Jesus was going to usher in an era of earthly peace. But many in the crowd before Jesus in our verses for today thought that this is what the purpose of Jesus' work was. And so Jesus corrected this misunderstanding. Do you think that I came to bring peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Many in Jesus' time thought that the purpose of the Messiah was to set up an earthly kingdom. And they imagined that it would be a time when peace would abound, where there would be no enemies assaulting them, where their earthly needs would be well provided for. They imagined a time where everyone would live in universal peace and in universal love. But Jesus makes it clear that the result of his work would not bring an era of earthly peace. In fact, he tells them that it would bring the opposite. The result of his work would bring strife and opposition into the world because the message of Christ crucified divides. The message of Christ crucified divides because there are those who hear the message and refuse to believe in a message that speaks of their sins being forgiven by the cross. They reject a message because they reject the message because they either believe that they don't need God's forgiveness or because they think that they can earn God's forgiveness through the work of their own hands. And to unbelievers, the message of the cross is offensive. And then there are those who hear the gospel message. And through the working of the Holy Spirit planting faith in their hearts, trust and believe in Christ as their Savior. And to those who believe in the message of the cross, it's a message of peace. Not a message about peace here on this earth, but a message of peace in knowing that their sins have been forgiven and that they have a right relationship with God. And so through one message, the entire world is divided into two clear-cut groups. Either you're a believer or you're an unbeliever. And this is the division that Jesus speaks about in our verses for today. And the result of this division would be opposition here on this earth. And this opposition that Jesus speaks about would even impact the closest relationships that we have here on earth. From now on, there will be five divided in one household, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son, and son against father. Mother against daughter, and daughter against mother. Mother Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. This is what the result of Christ's work would bring. The vision even in our own households. And the example of a family unit being divided is just an example of what would also happen in the world at large. Yes, Jesus came to bring peace to believers in knowing their sins are forgiven. But the message of the cross brings division and opposition. And that means that believers will face persecution for their faith. 
And I'm sure that many of you notice this division in the world we live in today. As you look at the current events going on in the world, we see just how strongly opposed many are to the message of the cross. Maybe you even see this division in your workplace as you interact with those who have a different background than you or different religious beliefs. And maybe the division has even impacted your own household. If a loved one has rejected or fallen away from the faith. And with this division in the world comes opposition. Christians are called hateful for pointing out the sinful ways of the world. Christians are called unloving for saying the only way to get to heaven is by believing in Christ. The world notices that Christians are different and because of this, we face opposition. And as we hear and face this opposition in our lives, we can be tempted to try to avoid it. We can be tempted to keep our beliefs to ourselves so that we don't have to, to have those difficult conversations with those around us. We can be tempted to be more tolerant of the beliefs of others and soften the truth of the gospel message because we know that this will likely lead to others being more tolerant of us. We so desperately want to avoid confrontation that we'd much rather hide our faith than stand firm in proclaiming the truth of the gospel and face opposition and persecution. Because if proclaiming the gospel is going to lead to persecution, then why even proclaim the gospel at all? We stand firm and proclaim the gospel message because it's worth it. We realize that even though the gospel message has made us different, that we still share a glaring similarity to the world around us. Believers and unbelievers alike all have a sinful nature. And the same sinful nature which leads unbelievers to reject and oppose the gospel message is the same sinful nature which leads us to hide our faith and to back away from opposition and confrontation. And it doesn't matter what sins we've committed in our lives. All are equally deserving of God's wrath and punishment. But this is what makes the gospel message worth it. Because it's the message that assures sinners that even though they have fallen into sin, that they have peace with God. It assures sinners like us who don't always stand firm in proclaiming the truth of the gospel, that because Christ stood firm against all of the opposition that he faced in his life as he journeyed to the cross, that we have forgiveness and that we're at peace with God. The message of the cross brings peace to sinners like us and assuring us that when God looks at us, he sees the holiness and righteousness of his Son. The message of the cross brings peace to sinners like us and assuring us that we have a place in heaven. The message of the cross brings peace to sinners like us and assuring us 
that we are at peace with God. And so as we go out into the world, standing firm and proclaiming the truth of the gospel, we keep Paul's words from Ephesians chapter 4 in mind where he tells us to speak the truth in love. Because we know that as we go out into the world and face this opposition, that sometimes nothing will come from our proclamation of the gospel. But there will be times when we proclaim the gospel And there the Holy Spirit will be working to plant faith in the hearts of those who hear the message where the seed of faith will grow because we stood firm in proclaiming the truth. And we also keep Paul's words in mind to speak the truth in love because while we face the temptation to hide our faith, we also face the temptation to lash out at those who face us with opposition as we stand firm in proclaiming the truth. We speak the truth in love and remembering that the same sinful nature that is leading this person to reject and oppose the gospel is the same sinful nature that we have. And speaking the truth in love means seeing this person as one who has been bought with the blood of Christ and proclaiming the gospel to them so that they too can know of the peace that Christ has won for them. It's a hard truth that we see in our verses for today. We know that as Christians, we will face persecution and opposition for our faith. But as we do this, we fix our eyes on Christ as the one who stood firm against all of the opposition and persecution that he faced in his life, assuring us of our forgiveness. The gospel message is worth proclaiming, not because it's a message about peace on this world. The gospel message is worth proclaiming because it's the message of how we have peace with God. Amen.